Hey guys, this is Tina B. And Charmaine G. We're here to talk about the messiness of life. It's ugly. And it's raw. It's real. And it's a freaking game. It's whack-a-mole. 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 This is us. And our gift to you. Hello and welcome. Welcome, wackos. This... That's Charmaine. <laughs> this is Charmaine G and Tina B. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm Good. telling you for a Monday, Tuesday, because we're combining them both after Labor Day. It's like a freight train. huh? It's a tr- it's so nice to have the time off. But when you go back to work, it's like mm, there's just so much there that you have to catch up on. I literally have so much anxiety the day before work week. Do you? You know what? I, I have anxiety when I show up in the morning, mm. when I open my emails, cause that's the first thing I do. And on a Monday morning with the kind of work that I do, I get overloaded. I, I took Friday off and then I had Monday off and I had, I came back to like 78 emails <laughs> and it's not like filler or fatty emails. They're emails that have to be looked at and Dissected. processed Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Got to put them in their place. Okay. So enough about work. Um, kind of leads into the world mall. It does lead into the world mall, the world mall today, because most people labor day is a, is a longstanding, wonderful holiday where people, I mean, the very meaning of it is that you get to take time off work, spend time with family. It means the end of the summer. It usually means boating, barbecuing and doing all of that kind of stuff. Well, 2020 has been a stinker as you know. So this year, a lot of people have been just out of work and Labor Day didn't mean that much to them. I want to just express my gratitude for having a job, A, and um, not a day goes by that I don't think about the people who are struggling in that way, honestly. Um, it didn't take COVID for me to be broke only like 10 years ago as a single mom. So I, um, I'm always looking for ways to be helpful to give clothes away, kids clothes away and things like that to people who are kind of struggling. So... Am I still there? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the world mold today is the U.S. economy added 1.4 million jobs in August. Wow. August of 2000 and... Right now, 2020. Okay. And the August tally, that tally marks the fourth consecutive month of record increases compared to pre-corona. Wow. I know. So, I think that's not in the news, is it? No, it isn't. The source is called the new paper and it's something that comes in my inbox. They give you just a blip of just the facts Facts. and I love that. Yeah. So, um, so we're on the up and up. We don't have anybody to blame. We don't have anybody. (laughs) This is not about that. We are, um, we're doing all right. I think so. I think, you know, I've always put myself in a position of I'm replaceable. You know, so I'm going to do the best that I can. And if I lost my job tomorrow, what would I do? I mean, because a lot of people base their identity, um, you know, who they're networking with, with their jobs. But I honestly think I would find another job. Yes, you would. I wouldn't sit still. I couldn't. Mm-mm. So for the ones that are struggling right now looking for employment, there are resources out there. If you have mobile legs and a brilliant mind, use it. Don't waste it. Um, for the ones that are struggling with disabilities, hats off to you. You serve a, a great purpose. Thanks for that stat because we need some positive news these days. Totally, totally. I had a worry. Okay, so mm-hmm. Charmaine has no idea what we're talking about Tell today. Tell them what we come up with. 
We decided that each week one of us would pick a topic that the other does not have any knowledge about, but that we also know the other can talk about. Sure. So um, in contemplating that over the long weekend, um, I came up with obsession and not the cologne. (laughs) (laughs) Obsession. Real, true obsession. Have you ever been obsessed about anything? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really recognize how much until I was older, just because naturally, um, I think I could throw in this topic at me about, you know, two minutes ago, my mind was racing Mm. and now I'm obsessing about what I'm obsessing about. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is. So I took just, I was in looking at this, I can remember the first, the first thing the first and second thing I was obsessed about. Mm. And they, they've been repeat patterns in my life, especially the second one. But before I say that, the first time I knew what obsession was, was when I saw the movie Fatal Attraction. Have you ever seen that oh, movie? Yeah, that's a good one. That was so, so, when she says, I will not be ignored. And she just is relentless. She goes after the wife. She boils the bunny. I mean, she is really, really psycho. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the first time I saw that kind of in my face. And I was probably, I want to say in my early 20s when I saw that. Wow. Came out in the late 80s. Yeah. You You were were that baby. No, (laughs) I was not. (laughs) Wait, I was. I was three. Exactly. 13. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was the first time. My first obsession was a pair of shoes. I was such a tomboy. And when I was young in the 70s, work boots were, I know, were popular. Like steel toe? Um, No, these were like, well, I mean, they could have been. They were just these little orange construction looking shoes. And I was like eight and I was, my mom bought them for me. I wanted them so bad. And I set them in the light in the hallway so that when I was laying down before I went to sleep, they were the last things that I would see. I was obsessed with them. You loved them. I loved them. I've moved on from work Did you boots. use them? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I wore the shit out of those <laughs> shoes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I wore them. Um, what was your, can you remember, you know, spur of the moment? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that came to my first mind, just cause how you were able to connect back in your childhood, I was obsessed with, um, earning money. Mm. Um, I remember, I don't think I was old enough to watch children, but again, I assisted so to speak, but I would take the money, just the dollar bills that I earned maybe three or four dollars and I would iron them because I wanted them to be crisp and solid to the point where I would put them in a dryer box like um downy dryer sheets yeah so they would smell nice and I'd lay them in between the sheets and that's how I kept money because we grew up poor like we Mm -hmm. grew up very 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 poor and I earned it and I was always given chores but that was my time that I just yeah my obsession was how to take care of money that's cool. Yeah, That's good. really, really Iron cool. Iron it, make it look good. Do you make sure, I'm obsessive about how my bills are in my wallet too. Like me all too. the heads have to go and they have to go in, in the and their order. Monetary order, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, me too. I'm all about that. I don't iron it anymore. I actually put starch on it. 
<laughs> but I also did I my hair. I love that about you. Oh, I my read, I think Susie Orman had a book that said, if you take care of your money, your money will take care of you. Mm. And she started off by saying, just keeping your bills. I did that anyway. Have you ever been in front of a millennial when they're trying to count back change? If it doesn't come back up on the register, they have zero. zero they can't they calculate can't, it. They Drives can't me count nuts. it back. That's funny. Just a little yeah, there's no tangent value. there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, millennials. It, I mean, and everything's electronic. You can pay everything through Venmo, through everything, PayPal, yeah. through electronic, Apple Pay, your watch, you scan by and you just paid everybody's code out of the machine. Nobody has to count machines. money anymore. Yeah. No. I grew up registering my check balance, like writing yeah. every line item and subtracting. I wish it wasn't just subtracting, but it was subtracting. But the value of money was very mm. important to me because I we did grow up in in poverty. My dad was the hardest worker I know, um, and he's gained throughout the years just because he was a dedicated hard worker. But we did we lived by very very small means. Yeah, us too. Super yeah. lean. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. What'd your yeah. dad do? Just curious. My dad. <laughs> My dad worked at a liquor warehouse. Wow. He worked like the swings and graveyard shift. Wow. Yeah. My dad was a coal miner in Monticello. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then he ended up, um, I mean, he was very good at that. He understood the product, so he started selling explosives to the coal mines. Wow. So, good for him. Yeah. So I think he just knew that he was more than what he was educated to be, so... What's your dad's name? James. Shout Jimmy. out to James. James R. And yours? My father's name is Anthony. 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 Good job, Anthony. So my second obsession, mm. I wrote about this too at length. I, I, I can't remember sometimes um, where I put my phone in a given moment, <laughs> but I can pull up a memory from when I was eight years old. Wow. Like the shoes, probably that same year. Uh, we had a big blizzard and we were all, it was, a, school was called off and we were all outside playing. And one of the kids that I had always seen riding with his, he'd ride his bike with his hands off the, you know, with no hands. Ooh, cool. And I, very cool. And he never talked to anybody, which made him even more cool. Oh, I like him. He was like, I was like, I think in the fifth grade, I guess I, that's older than eight, but, um, yeah, I had a little thing for him and he came and played with us that day. Mm. And at the end of the day, he, um, came up to me and kissed me very fast, right on my lips, just a smack and said, oh, and he whispered in my ear. He said, I like you. <gasps> and I froze. Couldn't move. <laughs> well, I was already in the snowsuit because we lived in Jersey. I was already like <laughs> the kid from Christmas story. <laughs> and I just, fl I could not believe, I just stood there and something happened in my body that I never felt before. And I don't dare call it like sexual. It was just such a, I, I lit a up from the inside out. I was just, and then I had to go in and take a bath with my sister. <laughs> yeah. They went from there to there. Yeah. And my brother was like looking at me like, what the hell's, what do you, you know, he yeah, just was, we were so always, yeah, why, exactly. <laughs> like why are, dad. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm and I thought for sure everybody knew that I had some boy had just kissed me. I obsessed on that and I didn't sleep that night very well. I remember, I recall that, that I recall. Not the f last boy, but that was the first the boy. First boy. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I love it. For sure. And then, of course, as I grew up, you know, my obsessions became about other things.
Or maybe obsession led to addiction mm. and I would partake in that to shut my head up often. I hear that a lot. But in looking back at it and not being in the middle of it, the drugs I chose to do only perpetuated the really? obsession. Oh yeah, you snort a little crank and you're, you're, I'm dating myself, that's from the 80s. I mean, you do a little, you do a little go fast yeah. and you're doing nothing but obsessing. That's from true. room With to no room sleep. to room yeah. to room yeah. in your but house. It's a clean house. Oh, yeah. It's a clean house. <laughs> totally. So what can you think of anything else that you've been well, obsessed with? I, I you know what? To be honest with I'm always obsessed. And I I've learned to be able to shut it off mm -hmm. when I know that there's nothing I can do about it. How do you do that? Um uh, literally talk out loud and say you cannot do anything about this. You have to let it go. Because it could be days. It could be me trying to navigate and strategically plan on when is the next attempt? How do I make this work? How can I, what do they mean by this? You know, and I can create my own storyline to where it actually is off target most of the time, mm. but I just miss the point of communication. So if I communicate through that obsession, I slow it way down. Um, good for you. Yeah. I mean, I, th good for you that you can do that. I've had to like read 50 self-help books, um, listen to Eckhart Tolle over and over oh, and I like over. That. I mean, I've had to really look in deeply into this because I felt like I was, um, I think that that's the human condition is that we just suffer from what the shit that our heads tell us. Always Script the writing. The, so that leads me to, I, I wrote this a while ago, 10 years ago, wow. actually. It just came out of me. Um, when I was doing a lot of writing, I started a memoir a long time ago. It's still a work in progress, but um, I wrote about obsession and that it's nothing more than your brain, your ego trying to change the past or manipulate the future, all in an attempt to deny the actuality of the truth. It is n writing new scripts, changing the words to benefit only you, yeah. always, yeah. Rel or reliving the event in order to feel the good, the bad or the indifferent, whatever the pleasure is for the moment. I so like that you put ego in there because in our mind, it, I mean, when we're in our head space, I just feel like we're battling our own between our heart and our head. Mm. Does that make sense? And I always tell individuals that, you know, really aren't able to move on and they're just hyper-focused. I'm like, what are you thinking with right now? Your heart or your head? See, for me, it's just never been that easy. I've had to really dig deep. I mean, I, I've had to um, really look at that obsession caused me so much pain that um, and took me to so many places like addiction, like I, I mm -hmm, spoke about. Mm -hmm. um, it kept me in really rotten relationships. Um that inability to let go of whatever that idea was that I had about it. So I, a few years ago, I started, um, somebody told me about a book called the untethered soul by Michael oh, Singer. And I, I bought the, I bought the book and it was a little bit hard of a read. It's so I hard on audio. Well, I bought the audio version of it and list, I've literally listened to it. I think I'm on my eighth round of listening Goodness. to it now front to back. And, um, 
little things that stand out to me are just um, that I've tried allowing stuff to pass through me instead of allowing it to consume me. So Ooh, I they, like that word. It totally makes sense with obsession, consuming consumption. Yeah. Like I it's mean, overpowering you. It's almost like something comes into my being and just like vibrates around in there. And it's my choice whether I get to hold on to it or I shed it. All right. Shedding it is really, really difficult. Um, I almost think that at times I was like addicted to anger. Mm-hmm. I used, you know, it was my first reaction to something. I, I mentioned in a couple of episodes ago how, what a patient talker my husband is. Mm-hmm my dear Gregory, um, he called me at work one time and, and he was trying to figure something out and, and, um, and he was just very patiently walking through this with me on the phone. And then he goes, Oh wait, no, I did it wrong. I have to go back. And every time he said that I have to, Oh, I have to start over. It was something we were trying to download tickets to a Yankee game or Boston game or something. And he, Oh, I didn't do it right. I have to come around this way. And, and as he's doing that, I'm feeling the anger rise up in me till it's like right around my ears and they're starting to get hot. (laughs) And, and I remembered I was in the middle of studying this book and he says, let it pass through and don't touch it. Ooh, let the bad feeling, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what's causing it. Just let it pass through you without touching it. So I did, I just let it pass through me. And there was this whole vibrate. I am not kidding you. There was a whole vibration in my chest that it like lit up and then it just became lighter. Wow. And I, he was still talking on the phone and I was like blown away by what that felt like. That whole thing. Such a simple, um, action, you know, something, a simple thing that I was interaction that I was taking place that was taking place with somebody else. And then I allowed that to happen and it, I, it amazed me. It brought me to tears. Like I hung up with him and I was, and I, and I That's just started. That's what they meant. Yeah. Huh. And, and just like every other thing that has moved me that way, I am just in search of it. I'm like yeah. running down the street, you know, I know it's there. Coats, find it. coats flailing. <laughs> and I, where is it? I want that back, you know, because it was, it was a greater high than I'd ever experienced. Um, and I was able to let loose of that. I'm not cured from being angry. I, anger still comes up, especially in the last like 10 days. Anger has just come up. But. You know what? <laughs> anger is like my secondary emotion, but it's my primary one that I display. Like I can be sad, but you get anger on the outside because I think it's just my my shell. And I always, it's not a, it's not a fancy thing that I got going on there, but I'm now understanding I, I, I can understand why you say that um, anger is an addiction. Just it's it's a pure form of emotion that really gets you through times, right? And the more I obsess about not wanting to be angry, the more I manifest that into my mm. life. So until I let that go now, so take that example. I've done that with a bunch of things in my life. If I find that I am thinking way too much. If I was having a conversation in my head with my daughter yesterday, (laughs) in my head (laughs) with my daughter in front of my husband. And he was like, who are you? Like, who are you? Uh, what did he say? Who are you balling out right now? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, your lips are moving. 
Like we're just sitting wow. here in silence and your lips are moving. So that's what obsession, that's what it looks like to me. It looks You're like just a non- You're trying to something and sometimes it's not workable. Has a, do you think obsession can ever be good? I was going to actually ask that question. I'm glad that you asked that because yes, the answer is yes, it can be good. Now my question back to you is, is that still healthy? I, do you know what? My first answer that came into my head was it depends on what you get at the end of it. Well, and think about it. Like if I can obsess maybe two or three things at one time, because I'll admit I, I do have ADHD and my mind is on just on the time. Um, and I could be obsessed about the most wonderful experience that I've just recently gone through. Mm. Um, or I could be obsessed about my children and the divorce, or I could be obsessed about anything, you know? So what I find is that it won't shut off. I mean, I have to manage it. Mm. I have to manage it even through self-help books or if it's talking out loud tactics, because my answer to that question, is it healthy? I'm not balancing the other things that are important even if it is a good thing. Like I'm totally putting things by the wayside. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. When I think about how obsession has helped me to further any growth, I, um, I became obsessed with writing mm. and literally for six months straight, I wrote and wrote and wrote. And my kids know, knew that the laptop was going to be in front of me. I would be cooking and the laptop would be right. Th- I was obsessed with it, Wow! but I got a lot done. So that was a really cool thing. it was thing. an outlet. It was an outlet. What if you didn't write? Where would it go? All those thoughts, all those, you know, desires, all the drive. Where would I it go? I think that they would probably spend time being, becoming, if they didn't have an outlet, for me, I become resentful if there's not an outlet. If there's not, it's more than just me not getting my own way, but if there's no place for my creativity to land or go, I become resentful Mm -hmm. and I start to become resentful for the circumstances around me. Right. Like, you know, I've got a couple of kids and oh my gosh, now I got to deal with that. Like I, you know, now I've signed on to this job and I've got to deal with that. Right. I agree. One of the things that we looked at just because I'm flying blind here is looked at the definition of obsession and Tina has another version too from Mm -hmm. another website. And what we've identified both, uh, you know, it says an idea or a thought that continuously preoccupies or intrudes on a person's mind. So what I pulled out of that is the negativity mm-hmm. intrudes Yes, and yours is a compulsive or irrational preoccupation an unhealthy fixation. So nowhere are you going to find like, you know, to be, unless somebody's trying to sell you something, <laughs> you're not going to be like, yeah, obsession, man. It's, it's for everybody. <laughs> and that's a great marketing tool. Get strung out. Get obsessed with this. And it's like, that's not a positive thing. No. Just manage it. Managing it. Yeah. Or silence. Just shut your head off. So what's your life, Whack-A-Mole? We're going to end today with Tina's... I'm going to have to stay with my other one because the one from last week. Um, No, that's not true. Okay. Oh, good. I, this is a good thing that happened to me yesterday. I took a hot yoga class and as I was, you know, and everybody around me is like 20 and just hard as a rock, you know, Um, (laughs) all the women. And I looked in the mirror and I saw myself and for the first time I looked at myself and I was like, 
I love you. Ooh. Oh. It sounds so cheesy. No. Long time over I felt that. Like, I felt that when I said it to myself in the mirror and I got these tears in my eyes. So my cleanse and wiping some things out have cleared the way for me to enjoy myself a little bit more and That's accept myself. For you. I'm so happy for you. It's a good thing. So you. my life whack-a-mole, I got 28 seconds. I've opened my heart again. And Yay. it's a beautiful story. One day may be inclined to share it because I think this, these podcasts isn't just about the hard times in life and the deep, deep, deep subjects, but the ones that we all deserve. Right on. I deserve to be loved. Yes, you do. And I love seeing that people are happy when I'm loved. Yeah. That means that they love me. Heck yeah. So thank you for joining us this week. And next week, be surprised. Be surprised. This is our gift to you. And Charmaine G. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Watch us on YouTube. And subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for, well, whatever may happen with Tina B. and Charmaine G. On Whack-A-Mole. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.